Good morning. How's everybody in the house? All right. Welcome to North Star Church. If this is your first time, you're especially, uh, we want you to feel welcome today. And if you're a repeat, so are we. North Star's a place where everybody's welcome, nobody is perfect, <coughs> my voice is changing, <coughs> and anything is possible. Can somebody give me an amen? amen? It's a place where everybody's welcome, nobody's perfect, and anything is possible. Amen and amen. We welcome those that are joining us on, online today. And we just went live at our Tupelo location, our Tupelo campus today. And uh, make some noise for those guys over there. You glad you came today? I am too, man. I've been looking forward to today for a long time. We uh, had a great day yesterday taking our food bags to people um, in, that were in need. Uh, and let me, let me just say this. I said this at the first service. If, if you're like, uh, I forgot, and you didn't bring it, let me challenge you to still do something with it. That happens. We get that. But uh, if you didn't bring your food bag back last week or during the week, would you go ahead and fill it and find a needy family? That needs it. That's what it's all about. I heard stories from yesterday of people. This was their last. They they had, they were out of food. No food in the house. And and by by you guys with your hearts of generosity, um, bringing these food bags to feed the city enabled them to have at least three meals. And I think that's awesome. And and I'm, I'm bragging on you, but I'm praising God for you. And I'm praising God for your heart, your, your willingness to catch the vision, and your willingness to be a part of what God is, is doing here. We also had some incredible block parties. And, man, that's the first time we've done it like that. But it was so good. And uh, we met a lot of new people in the neighborhoods. And, uh, and then the fellowship of, of our people was incredible. And so thank you for, for being a part of God's direction for our church. Thank you for plugging in and thank you for catching the vision and being so willing to do whatever God leads our church to do. All right, again, are you glad you came today? Say amen. Amen. We're in a series called <clears throat> Ghost Stories. You like how I said that? Ghost Stories. It's really not that scary. It's not spooky. A lot of people think the Holy Spirit is spooky. He's no more spooky than Jesus. And uh, we're, we're doing this study on the Holy Spirit. We began last week, and, and I, I kind of laid the foundation of who the Holy Spirit is. And he's, he is part of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And by the way, if you missed last week, this is a good thing to write down in your notes. So take a moment to go ahead and write down what I'm about to tell you. And as we talked about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit... This description really helps people to understand. It's not three gods in three persons. It's one God in three persons. Oftentimes, we say it like it's, he's three in one. And the Holy Spirit speaks. The Holy Spirit is not an it. 
The Holy Spirit is not an entity. You don't say things like, man, uh, the Spirit broke out and it was crazy. It, he's the he. And he is not the author of confusion. The Holy Spirit speaks to us and guides us and directs us. And uh, write this down. This is like a, a brief description of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. It's, it's deep. It's hard to understand. I've been doing this for a long time. And it's still hard to, to really wrap my brain around except this. God the Father seated on the throne. God the Father, he wills it. God the Father wills it. Jesus said, I have come to do the will of my Father. So the Father, God the Father, seated on the throne, the creator of heavens and earth, he wills it. The Son, Jesus, declares it. John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word, capital W, the Word, the Bible, became flesh and dwelt, made his dwelling among us. That's Jesus. And so the Father wills it. The Son, Jesus, declares it. He is the Word. And then the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit makes it happen. The Holy Spirit is God in the earth. You see, God the Father is seated on the throne. God the Son walked this earth, performed miracles, lived a sinless life, died a sinner's death, and appeared over 500 times to his followers, and then he ascended to heaven, and he is uh, the fullness of the Godhead body, and he is seated at the right hand of the Father. Whew, that's theology right there, man. And now, Jesus said in Acts 1-8, we'll come back to that later, Jesus said, and you shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit is come upon you. In other words, Jesus said, I'm not going to uh, leave you comfortless. He actually says that. He says, I'm going to send an advocate, a counselor, a helper, depending on what translation you read. That's three right there. Uh, I'm going to send him to you, and after he comes, you're going to receive power. So Jesus, the Father, uh, wills it. The Son, Jesus, seated at the right hand of the Father, declares it, and the Holy Spirit makes it happen. The Holy Spirit turns the light on. Have you ever been sitting there reading the Bible and just suddenly like, whew, the light came on for you? Or you, you were seated in a service like this, and like, bam, uh, it was like, wow, the Holy Spirit makes it happen. He turns the light on. So you'll be sitting in a service, something said, and the light comes on. And so today we're going to talk about the power of the Holy Spirit. Our text is found in Luke chapter 8. If you want to be turning there, I'm, get, I'm going to read some scriptures before that, but I'll give you a head start on, on that one. I'm not going to give you a head start on this one. John chapter 7. John chapter 7. Jesus says in verse 37, John chapter 7, verse 37, on the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of water will flow from within them. All right, R rivers of water. Anybody that believes in me, rivers of water will flow from them. By this, verse 39, 
By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later, later to receive. Up until that time, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. Now, what Jesus was saying, he was laying the foundation. He was saying he was likening the Holy Spirit to rivers of water. I don't know if you've ever read these passages or not. This, this is pretty fascinating, and I want you to write down these references. Jesus was likening the Holy Spirit to rivers of water. And we know he was talking about the Holy Spirit because the Bible tells us that he was talking about the Holy Spirit. And then in Isaiah chapter 58, verse 11, Isaiah 58, 11, the Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring, mm, river, whose waters never fail. What's interesting is so many times in the Old Testament, so many times in the Old Testament, we see a shadow, that's what we call it, a shadow or a foreshadowing of something that's going to come. I may have told you this last week, I may not, but God reveals to us, it's a shadow in the Old Testament of what's going to happen in the New Testament. You know what a revelation is. It's what God already knows, and he lets us in on for the first time. If you get revelation, it's not surprising to God. In fact, he's the one that gives it to you. If you get revelation, God has always known it, but he's first revealing it to you. And then one other passage, Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. Verse 10 says, A river watering the garden, the Garden of Eden, flowed from Eden, Eden, from there, it was separated into four headwaters and four rivers. The name of the first is Pishon. Pishon. It winds through the entire land of Havilah, Havilah where there is gold. The gold of that land is good. Aramaic, resin, and onyx are also there. <laughs> this is the Garden of Eden. Man, I mean, this is God's perfect garden. There were four rivers, one river that flowed into four. The name of the second river is Gihon, Gihon. It winds through the entire land of Cush. The name of the third river is the Tigris. It runs along the east side of Ashur, and the fourth river is the Euphrates. Now, how many have heard of the Tigris and the Euphrates? Just raise your hand. Good. Both campuses, raising hands. All right. But you haven't heard of Gihon and Pishon. All right. Gihon, I mean, you may have read about it in the Bible, but it's interesting that um, archaeologists and scholars have never really found where those two rivers are. We know, for example, the Tigris um, uh, is in the modern is in modern day Iraq. Tigris. We know the Euphrates is in the Middle East, but we can't find Pishon and Gihon. But I want you to notice this first picture. This is a picture of the four rivers. 
And I know you're thinking, well, that's, that's a nice illustration and everything. The Garden of Eden, if you look at the picture, is actually where the Persian Gulf is, all right? And you see all four of those rivers. And it wasn't too many years ago that the Science Channel uh, obtained a, a declassified satellite image of this same area. I want you to see this image. You can clearly see the Tigris and the Euphrates, and you can also see, and remember, they began in the Garden of Eden, and then it went into four. You can clearly see that the Garden of Eden is in the Persian Gulf. Um, a flood happened. You remember that? You remember in the Bible there was a great flood? All right. With this satellite image, you can see the dry bed of the, of the Pishon and the Gihon River. And it forms the four rivers. It begins in the Garden of Eden. You didn't know the best science that you can get is from the Bible. Can I get an amen? You don't get this kind of stuff at other churches. So you better be glad you came today. All right, so we're going to talk about these four rivers. Let, let me just briefly talk about uh, uh, Pishon, Pishon, Pishon. The word Pishon means to increase or, or build up or to refresh. To increase, to build up, or to refresh. So let's call this river the river of refreshing. Number two. It's the river of revelation. The word Gihon literally means to bring forth or to reveal. So the river of revelation. I hope you're jotting this down. Number three is Tigris. The word Tigris means vehement and or rapid, which means power. And it is the river of power. The Euphrates, the fourth one, literally means breakthrough and fruitfulness. So the fourth river, the river Euphrates, is the river of fruitfulness or the river of, of breakthrough and full, uh, fruitfulness. Now, in the book of Acts, we're going to get to the text in a minute, I promise you. It's good stuff. The book of Acts, chapter 10, the Bible says <clears throat> in verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good, healing all those who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. In other words, God anointed Jesus, one of the, in the three, head, three Godhead um, body, anointed but the spirit anointed Jesus the spirit anointed Jesus you know when Jesus came to John the Baptist and was baptized the Bible said that the spirit led him into the wilderness here's another one Matthew chapter 12 Matthew 12 verse 28 Jesus said but if it but if it is by the spirit of God that I drive out demons then the kingdom of God has come upon you. And so Jesus was saying, it's by the, Jesus is fully God, Jesus is fully man. 
He came to the earth, the Bible says, that he humbled himself. He emptied himself. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Yet Jesus never sinned, not even one time. And so the Father wills it, the Son Jesus declares it, the Holy Spirit makes it happen. And so here's Jesus in Acts chapter 1 about to, about to um, ascend into heaven. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and unto the ends of the earth. King James Version says, the uttermost part of the earth. Jesus said, I'm ascending, but I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And so the Father is seated on his throne. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. The Holy Spirit is God in the earth today. And so when you put your trust in Jesus Christ, you receive the Holy Spirit. And so today I want to talk about the power of the Holy Spirit. In Luke chapter 6, verse 19, the Bible says, And the people all tried to touch him because power was coming from him and healing them all. If you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 8. And we're going to look at a story. Like I said, it's really not a spooky story, except it's spooky to the devil. I'm serious. He don't like any of the Bible. But uh, it's not spooky, but it's spooky to the devil. And this is a story in Luke chapter 8 of a woman that had been sick, bleeding, actually, for 12 years. Follow along as I read Luke chapter 8 beginning with verse 43. And a woman was there. A woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. In fact, she was near death. She wasn't dead yet, but she was close to being dead. She was in bad, bad shape. The Bible says she came up behind him. Say that, behind him. Say that with me. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. And immediately her bleeding was stopped. Who touched me, Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me. I know that the power has gone out from me. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then he left. Then he said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Look back at verse 44 again. She came behind him and touched the edge of of his cloak and immediately her bleeding stopped this woman came from behind him and the reason I've, I've said so much about that is because maybe you're here today or you're listening and you feel like you're behind you're always behind you're always coming in second or third or fourth or last and you're always dragging around and nothing else nothing is ever going right for you 
Maybe you have come today and, and you feel inadequate. You feel um, scarred or marred or guilty, and you're, you're like this woman coming to Jesus from behind. I know this. She came from behind. And maybe, write that in your notes, maybe you are the same way and that you have done the same thing and you're coming from behind. Maybe today God is trying to speak to you and give you direction for your life. Maybe today that God is, by his Holy Spirit, is giving the needed instruction that you need to help you to, to become all that God wants you to become. Can I get an amen today? Terry, Terry you're doing good, man. Preach it. Amen. And so, what I want to give you today, I want to, I want to give you three not three and a half, four things, but in three points. All right, you ready? Four things in, in three points that the Holy Spirit wants to do for you when you encounter the Holy Spirit. What do you mean, Terry, by encountering the Holy Spirit? What I mean by encountering the Holy Spirit is when you put your trust in Jesus, you get the Holy Spirit. So don't you get that later like the disciples, they had to wait and they got him later. No, when, when Jesus ascended and we put our trust in Jesus Christ, the Bible clearly teaches that we get the Holy Spirit. So when I got saved, or when I was born again, however you want to word it, when I put my trust in Jesus, I became a Christ follower, I received the Holy Spirit. So did you feel different? I said, yeah, I feel different. I felt forgiven. I'm born again. My, I'm no, no longer marked by my guilt and shame. And so when, when you put your trust in Jesus, if you do that today, if you put your trust in Jesus, you get the Holy Spirit. Now, what happens to the believer uh, day by day with the Holy Spirit? Well, I need the Holy Spirit in my life. He's in me, but I need him for many reasons and on many different levels. Just like this morning, I'm, I'm, I'm driving, well, actually before I was driving in, I get up really early, I get up pretty early, regularly, but on Sunday it's like unreal, you wouldn't believe me if I told you, kind of thing. And so, as I'm driving in this morning, I'm thinking, um, uh, I need you, God. I can't handle this day without you. And so, from time to time, uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm just like everybody else. I, I don't do everything that's right. But I have noticed that the more I listen to Christian music, the more it prepares my heart to receive what God has for me for that day. So if you're riding down the road and, and you're just like jamming out to Def Leppard or the Doobie Brothers or uh, the Eagles, Stevie Miller, anyway... Uh, um, it doesn't really prepare you for what God wants for you. And I'm not a country music guy, but you, some of you are, and I get it. Um, you're, you're, she slept with somebody, and she's, she's drinking this. And I mean, seriously? I mean, I don't even know what I just said, but I know I quoted some country song. <laughs> seriously. And I get in a country mood sometimes. But, uh, Wow, yeah, that, like, that, that gets you ready for the job, doesn't it? Uh, so, anyway, I don't know why I'm telling you all this. So, 
I'm listening to some, some godly music coming in, and I'm saying, God, fill me with your spirit. Being filled with the spirit is asking God to be God in you. Now, he's living in you because he's put his spirit in you. But when you say, God, fill me, help me to uh, lead me. I want to be led by the Spirit. I want to walk in the Spirit. I want to be filled with the Spirit. And that is, when I say that with my heart, whether I say it out loud or just from my heart, that is encountering the Holy Spirit. And that is when God really starts showing up and showing out and, and moving in a person's life. Now, I'm going to give you these, these three things. The Spirit, number one, the Spirit of God wants to bring a river of refreshing to you. It was a long weekend. <clears throat> Actually, it was a long week. And uh, meetings and preparation and participation and many other things. Um, and then I got up. I've, I've gotten up early so many mornings this week, and then especially this morning, and I'm driving in this morning, and I'm thinking, man, oh, God. I need, of course, I knew what I was preaching on today. So I was like, Johnny on the spot, this is what I need. God, I need a river of refreshing in my life. You see, the river, the, the Pishon, was the river of refreshing. And by the way, I don't think it's just happenstance that, that God talked about four rivers. You said, well, I... Uh, what you said is pretty interesting, but um, I don't know where those other two rivers. You weren't listening. We don't even have to find them. Really, I could care less if I ever saw the declassified satellite image of that. Because if the Bible says that, that they, they existed, they existed. Pishon, the river of refreshing. Verse 44 says that she came to him from behind. Now, what Jesus had on was a robe. King James Version says, and she touched the hem of his garment. The hem. The garment that, that a Jewish man would wear was very significant. Let me tell you why. Because on the hem of the garment would be the family's uh, crest or seal. And so it represented who they were and what family they were from. In fact, a Jewish man might take the, often would take the hem of his garment when signing important documents and would press it into clay in order to leave its imprint. Now, that's the hem of the garment. The garment also had tassels at the very bottom. The tassels were blue and white. The blue represented heaven, the white represented purity and the authority of God's word. So the Bible says, get this, she came and she touched the hem of, of his garment. She couldn't get there before everybody else. She couldn't get through the crowd, but she did come from behind. And sometimes you feel like you're from, coming from behind, but you just want, you're desperate. You're desperate for a touch from God. You're desperate to, to connect with God. How many are here today or listening today, either of our campuses, and you desperately need a refreshing in your life? God, to, to build up, like the meaning of the word Pishon, 
to build up, to refresh. I know that sometimes spiritually in my life, I just need refreshing. Maybe you, you're here today and you've lost momentum, you've lost the passion that you once had for the things of God, and we always blame it on the church. Well, they're just not feeding me. Oh, what, you want me to spoon feed you? I mean, look, I'm just bringing the Word of God to you. Don't ever say that about this church, okay? I'll get up in your face. Not really, but I'll, I, w I will tell you the truth, though. You don't know what you're talking about because uh, if, you, if you starve to death Monday through Sunday and expect the preacher or the church to suddenly somehow feed you, man, you are messed up. But you come having worshipped all week long, not to those um, artists that I was referring to a while ago, but you've worshipped all week long, and you come in here, man, prepared for worship. And you don't, you don't just get words that come out of my mouth. You get the Word of God, and, and, it, and the, by the Holy Spirit, He illumines your mind and your heart, and, and uh, you're changed. Maybe you've come in today broken, hurting, discouraged, depressed, confused, but you're a child of God, and if you will encounter the Holy Spirit, he will give you, he will immerse you in rivers of refreshing. Number two, the Holy Spirit wants to give you, immerse you in the river of revelation. He wants to bring a river of revelation to your life. He doesn't want you to just like to read the Bible, read a devotion and shut it and that's it for the day. I'm glad you do it every day. God wants to reveal to us. He wants to speak to us. The river Gihon literally meant to bring forth and to reveal. I said it a while ago, but I want to say it again because somebody missed it. Revelation is God something that God has already always known but's revealing to you for the first time how many times I'm telling you do I pick up the Bible and God reveals something to me how many times am I doing something in life and and I see a sign or a something takes place during the day that I'm thinking wow that's God God's revealing something to me it's not mystical but it's powerful because the Holy Spirit is powerful. He's not just a supernatural force. He's, he's one of the Godhead. He's, he's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And so when I encounter the Holy Spirit this morning, when I encountered the Holy Spirit, and I said, God, fill me with your Spirit. Lead me by your Spirit. Help the words that come out of my mouth be led by the Spirit and spoken through the Spirit, by the Spirit. I opened myself up to new revelation not new revelation like there's more than this book but revealing to me for the first time what he has always known here's the woman near death comes to jesus anticipating and this is what i know please write this down that god will always meet you at your point at your level of expectation how many times, be honest, but don't raise your hand. Be honest, but not open. <laughs> okay. How many times have you come to a service like this one? Some of you are sitting at home. You could have come to church. I, I know I'm preaching to you right now. 
that you were lazy today? Mm. You didn't hear it online, folks, but these folks were amen because they came. But you, you're sitting at home. It's good when you're sick to watch it and all that. But uh, you're sitting at home and um, or you're coming to church, but you're really not expecting anything. I'm telling you, Sunday after Sunday, churches around the world, people come with their own agenda, but they don't come really expecting God to speak to them. When you, when you get up on Sunday morning and, and you prepare to go to church, man, you, you should be so expectant of God having a word for you. God wants to immerse you in a river of revelation. Number three. <clears throat> i got to say something else about that. She came from behind expecting Jesus to touch her. What if we came to church expecting Jesus to touch us? Amen? Number three. This is like three and four. The Holy Spirit wants to bring a river of, of power and breakthrough. The Tigris was the river of, that was rapid, vehement, and powerful. The Euphrates was a, a, a river of breakthrough and fruitfulness. And so what God wants to bring, when you encounter the Holy Spirit of God, God wants to bring breakthrough to your life. Maybe there's something going on in your life right now, and you just need a breakthrough. Sometimes I have to just pray, God... I, I'm not. I'm like Jacob. I, I'm not going to leave. I'm not going to quit praying until you speak to me. Until you give me clarity on direction, God. I need you more than the air that I breathe. When I was in college, a, 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 a pastor friend of mine and I, uh, we were in a prayer meeting one time, and, and he keeps reminding me of this. I, I didn't think it was all that noteworthy, but he, he remembered me praying, God bless every molecule of my body. But that's what I want. I want a breakthrough. Maybe you're dealing with something. Uh, maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's a relationship. And you just need a breakthrough. Maybe you're at a stalemate. Maybe you're, maybe you're filled with mediocrity. Maybe your heart has grown cold or apathetic. And you need a breakthrough in this situation in your life. God will give it. The Holy Spirit wants to immerse you in the river of power. Our power comes from God, breakthrough, and fruitfulness. Fruitfulness is important because you can't just come to church on Sunday and not keep growing in your faith on Monday. So, well, I am. I'm in the Word. Yeah, but it's not changing your language. That tells me something's wrong. It's not changing your attitude. You may be coming to church on Sunday. You may be in the Word of God, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, when you encounter the Holy Spirit, He changes you. He brings change. You're more like Jesus next Sunday than you are today. And if anybody needs this message, it's me. I don't give you stuff that I, I don't, I'm, I'm a user. I dispense what I use. I'm using this stuff. In case somebody just tuned in, I'm talking about the Bible, okay? <laughs> Let's see what the pastor's saying today. Oh, I'm a user. Anyway, I dispense what I use. I'm a user. 
I get in the Word of God, and and it it I hope this time next week that you most of you may not be around me this week, but I hope that this time next week I'm more like Jesus than I am today. Let the Holy Spirit bring refreshing to you, renewal. Let the Holy Spirit bring revelation, turn the lights on for you. Let the Holy Spirit bring power, breakthrough and fruitfulness to your life. And I guarantee you, you'll never be the same. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for the Word of God that speaks to us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for revealing it to us. Today at either of our campuses, if you realize you've never truly put your trust in Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, I want to give you an opportunity right now. Now, I'm going to pray a prayer, but I'm just doing this as an example. This has to come from your own heart. There's nothing mystical or magic about repeating words. Let this come from your own heart and just say, God, today I know that I've sinned and I need a Savior. God, I believe Jesus died for my sins and rose from the grave. And God, today I repent of my sins. I turn from my sins and I turn to Jesus. Come into my life. I put my trust in you to be my Savior, and I follow you, Jesus, today, not as a fan, but as a follower. Maybe your prayer today is, God, just fill me with your Spirit. God, fill me with your Spirit. Help me to walk in the Spirit, walk in the light. Help me to be led by the Spirit, sensitive to the Spirit, controlled by the Spirit. Now I'm going to pray for every person at both of our campuses and those watching online. Please stand with me. And as we turn our hearts in these closing moments, please just be still and know that He is God. And let God minister to you during these moments. Father, I pray that you would use these final minutes in this brief weekly service that we've had to change us. Lord, we confess our sins, and the Bible says if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. So God, today we love you. We are thankful for you and for how you've met us right at our expectation, and you've met us at our point of need. And I pray, God, Heavenly Father, you, that Jesus would be glorified here today that lives would be changed. We love you and thank you in Jesus' name.